This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 145 on this Monday afternoon. Chad Hartman with you on WCCO. Senator Amy Klobuchar is kind enough to join us. The senator is on the John Schuster. Coldwell Banker Hotline. Amy, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your time. Let's uh, let's jump I'm into it because I know a hotline. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's it's very impressive. It's thank very you. impressive. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. Let's talk about the president. He he traveled uh-huh. to the border yesterday, and there has been mm-hmm. a great deal of criticism for the president and his approach to the border. Let's be honest. Every president. Uh, almost forever, has battled the complicated issues related to immigration, the border, and numerous key parts in bringing together all parties is incredibly difficult. But isn't it a fair criticism to say that almost two years in, the president should have made this visit before? And one other point I want you to react to, because I saw a number of journalists making this point, that the president really saw a sanitized view of El Paso and didn't see the migrant camps, didn't go see some of the parts that have, uh, that have really caused a lot of issues in El Paso. What do you say to those two parts of the immigration issue? Okay, so first of all, I'm into solutions here, and I'm, I'm glad he's visited the border. We can you know dispute the timing, but the point is he went there. And we need to put the resources to secure the border. I think we need more order at the border. I have supported in the past comprehensive immigration reform, uh, which included a provision from our neighbor to the West Center Hoven of North Dakota that would have put significant funding. And it's things like, obviously, law enforcement officers, but um, also personnel to process the cases and the like. So... The way I look at it, Chad, I just left a group of um, nursing home providers and people who are just trying to care for our seniors, and they need workers. What we need is more legal immigration, which means um, things like making sure the Afghan refugees are able to work here. They're already here, and half of them are vouched for by our military, Uh, making sure that uh, we have uh, visa caps that are too limiting when it comes to bringing in people legally that we have workers in our agriculture sectors and in our tourism sectors and in our healthcare, nursing, long-term care. We've always in Minnesota, with the lowest unemployment rate in the country, relied on immigrants and refugees in the past. And so that's been my focus. And part of that, to make a deal like that, you've got to have 
funding at the border, which is what the president's uh, been getting at uh, when he was there and what I'm hopeful uh, we can work on going forward. I just actually don't think it's negotiable anymore, not only the getting the order at the border, but also the fact that we need immigration reform of some kind. The Dreamers have been here for decades. They should be able to stay here in a legal status. People who come here legally and make their requests, whether it's through asylum or another way or helping our military in Afghanistan, we actually need workers right now. And so I want to make the system work. It's been broken for a long time, and um, I would like to change that. So let's stay with solutions because you bring up a good point, but let's deal with the politics of this. And we're going to get to the Republicans and control the House in, in just a little bit. But now that the Republicans control the House and that the Democrat and that's a slim majority, Democrats have a slim majority in the Senate and the president obviously controls the White House. Why should people who want progress, who believe in all the points that you just said, why should they feel like something is finally going to get done when Congress after Congress and president after president haven't been able to get a deal done before? Uh, Part of this to me is that things have just gotten and are really out of whack uh, when it comes to immigration. We talk a lot about the border. That's important. But we all know what's going on uh, right here in our state um, when uh, we have situations where we don't have enough workers at a restaurant or, as I said, in healthcare, and people are being they're closing down um, some of our greater Minnesota nursing homes. Here's a crazy one, Chad. This is a bill I have with Senator Grassley. People study at our medical schools in America, our medical schools, like University of Minnesota. If they're from another country, they have to go back home and do their residency. They're, they would like to stay here, and they're actually trained doctors from American medical schools where we need doctors. So our bill expands the ability to allow them to serve in rural areas and underserved urban areas. And it has 15 Republicans. I have 15 Republican senators on that bill right now. I've got Lindsey Graham doing the Afghan refugee bill with me. We're the leads on it to say that they should be able to work in America and have some kind of green card status when they helped as interpreters to our military. The VFW the, the Veterans of Foreign War supports that uh, bill. American Legion supports that bill. Roger Wicker, the ranking Republican on the Armed Services, is on that bill. So this is my frustration, if it sounds like I'm frustrated, I am, is that there's a deal to be had here, but we're going to need, as you just know, some of the Republicans in the House are going to have to willing to uh, work with us on this because it's just been sitting there for too long. And it does seem harder with the House the way it is and the disarray that we saw last week. At the same time, sometimes out of chaos comes miracles. I've seen it happen before, uh, and we need to get this done. And the fact that they're interested in funding for the border um, and we need more workers in a legal status uh, to be able to get work permits at least uh, puts us in a place that maybe there can be an agreement. So let's talk about the House. You used the word disarray. Others have been even more critical And then when McCarthy was finally voted in and many Republican congressmen were making these Sunday visits, they were saying, hey, this is just democracy. Democracy is messy. And others were saying, all we wanted out of this, and let's put aside Gates and Boebert and some of the others, let's let's be truthful, they want notoriety of our principle. But Scott Perry and let's say, let's use Chip Roy actually as a better example. He's saying, 
We want to get rid of omnibus bills. We want bills that are more germane to one topic. We want to offer up amendments. And this is how it happens. Does Chip Mm -hmm. Roy have a point? Look, some of the reforms that I heard about, I am not steeped in other House rules. It's bad enough being steeped in the Senate rules. Um, But these are issues we've had before, getting major bills um, too late and you can't look at them and mistakes are made, may I say. So I actually thought that part of it um, was a good thing to be able to look at major bills and have time to look at them. So I'm not against uh, doing reforms. What I'm concerned about is if you have a situation where they're going to try to throw the speaker out by one vote or one person can bring it up and then you're trying to work out agreements that we just talked about and let's add in some other things continuing work on prescription drugs that's what i want to get done bringing the cost down doing something on child care um and there's been interest on the republican side on that i talked to tom emmer who by the way i think played a very constructive role in the last week um and uh we get along and have done a lot of work together in the past um, he told me that they want to get some things done. So, well, let's see. This was He told me this like two weeks ago, so it was before everything that happened. But, you know, I, he is a very high leadership position over there now. I'm on the steering, head up the steering committee over on the Senate side. So, you know, I'm looking forward to working with him, with Tom, uh, to see if we can get some things done. So let, let's talk about another point that the Republicans have made about the deficit. And let's also acknowledge that the deficit has jumped up under Republican presidents, just like it has under Democrats, including, you know, President Biden and and what he inherited with COVID. They talk about that we're going to have to deal with some of the incredibly difficult decisions on some of the entitlement programs and that if we don't do it, we're never going to address it. Can both sides acknowledge this? And maybe it's, for individuals who are in their 20s and 30s versus in their 50s, 60s, and 70s on Medicare, on Social Security, and deal with those incredibly difficult topics? Or is it a matter of, hey, we're all afraid of those voters. We don't want to get voted out. We know this matters, and we're going to keep pushing this away. And so the debt is will continue to increase. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of solutions to bring the uh, debt down or deficit down in the immediate moment. Um, One of those, uh, if you discussed, when I look at Social Security, there is one thing that would help, and that is that people who are wealthier and do better don't have to um, keep paying into it. There's kind of a, a cap on that. And I think that would be a way to make sure it's solvent for anyone, no matter as long as you're working and you pay into it, that you get something out of it. There's been this, I don't want to go into all the details, a donut hole on where they stop paying in and then they start again. And I think there may be a way to do that without increasing anything on middle class or anyone but the people making over you know 200000 bucks or something like that. So that's one thing you can do. The second thing um, is to look at some of these. To me, some of the, um, the tax cuts for the wealthy did go too far. Some of the corporate tax cuts, we thought it would go down to say, you know, the, those of us in the middle were suggesting if you're going to bring it down, fine, but it should be around 25%. It went all the way down to 21%. Every 1% it went was $100 billion. So all of that, if I did made those changes right now, you could put some of the money maybe into helping on child care and senior care, some of those things we were talking about, and then a chunk of the money to go into debt reduction. I just think we have to be 
reasonable about this and find a middle ground um, and then make sure we're not making things worse, like cause a government shutdown or the like. Um, so that's how I look at it. And I've always, when I was running for president way back then, Chad, I always suggested every single thing I suggested, I had a way to pay for it, including bringing the debt down. And I, I think that's got to be a part of our thought process going forward. But we've got to be careful because some of the people that are, to me, talking about this uh, would go and shut the government down or do things like that. That's that's not good for our country. So we want to make sure we're moving ahead economically. One last thing, minute to go, and I know you have to go also. For people listening, because we've talked about this a couple times, and calls and texts ticked off that their mail is not coming, that sometimes it's for days, sometimes it's for weeks. Where are you at on this? When do you think a solution will take place? Well, I actually, um, immediately when this started coming down, um, called up the head of the mail service for the Postal Service for Minnesota and North Dakota, um, Anthony Williams, who I talked to before when we had problems in Rochester. And I also um, have pushed Postmaster General DeJoy um, to help Minnesota. So this is what I've found out. Uh, number one is that we have staffing shortages. <laughs> I don't want to keep going back to what we talked about at the beginning, but we, we need more workers in Minnesota. And we've uh, in Rochester, I actually did a public uh, event calling for people to apply to the post office, which you can do at usps.com slash careers. Um, and we did get a number of people coming in. He has made some shifts, brought some people in from other post offices, and also he has um, taken some people who are temporary and made them permanent. And we've gotten into the real granular because there are certain post offices that are fine and certain ones. Uh, that need more staff. And Duluth, particularly some of the southern suburbs, everyone, including myself, has had some mail delays. People have a right, taxpayers have a right to get their mail delivered on time. And that is everything from uh, prescriptions to uh, presents from your grandma to um, uh, checks in the mail. All of that, you've got to be able to get your mail on time. And we just did some reform um, to the Postal Service for things from pensions to health care on a bipartisan basis, very strongly bipartisan, that I think is also going to help. And that just happened in the last year, continuing the six-day delivery and um, making sure that I think people were counting the post office out. Then the pandemic came, and a lot of people are depending on it still to get things delivered to their homes. So um, we just got to keep pushing. I, my job is to push for Minnesota to make sure we get the staffing we need in a very low unemployment rate. I've done that. I'm going to talk to him again this week. Uh, and I got to tell you, I am, I think it is an outrage when people are waiting that long for their mail. You can explain it with the weather, obviously, for a day or two. And then after that, I don't think there's any explaining it. Thank you. We'll have you on again soon. I appreciate okay. you coming on. Well, it was fun, Chad, and I'm excited about the Vikings and our both of us having had uh, uh, fathers who maybe covered the Vikings and Just a couple worked times, together, yeah. and, and yeah. I'm sure they're looking down and enjoying this season. Yes, it's been uh, it's been entertaining. Unpredictable, but entertaining. Thank <laughs> you, Amy. I appreciate it. Extreme. Yes, okay. that's true. See you later. Senator Amy Klobuchar with us here on CCL. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.